0: The sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Lee Zolman, Vice President, Business Development at Sport Business Americas. Lee, I am super excited to have you on the show. This is a
1: cool opportunity because, as I told you in our initial conversation, I love bacon. So I'm, I'm open for anything bacon. And you're all about, um, you know, all about the pork. So I'm, I'm ready. But uh, anything related to the business of sports uh, is something that is what I interface with on a daily basis. It's what I've lived. It's what I've breathed for over 20 years. So uh, I'm happy to take this journey with you.
0: Good I'm excited as well and it's even better that you like bacon as somebody who apparently has gone all in on bacon being <laughs> my life and my branding for the way I'm going to be successful. So what I want to talk about today is some principles for success that are important to you that I really think can deliver a ton of value to the listener and the way that we're going to do this is through the lens of your journey from when you started to where you got to where you are now. Because in preparation for this, I read your blog, and there was just things that stood out to me that I think are really important. And while they may seem simple, sometimes I know, especially in my own journey, I had to hear things over and over and over and over again before it finally clicked. And sometimes you never know when that thing is going to click, and hopefully for some people, this episode could be that thing. I hope so. 100%. 100%. So, let's start with this. And in your blog, you mentioned some things that are, that are important to success. And the first one was hard work. And that seems super obvious. Like, of course, hard work. But it's not really that obvious because hard work is this, this word that has no end, end to it. Hard work is never ending. So, what does that mean to you and sort of how did that manifest itself in your journey?
1: Yeah, it, it it's interesting you write that because I, I haven't had this massive awareness of myself and of where I've gone and what I've done uh, probably, I'm 46 years old, probably until the last couple of years, I haven't had this awareness of what kind of hard work I've put in and, and um, what kind of person I am. And so when, we, when, you t- when I say hard work and when, when I wrote that, I think people really need to be fucking honest with themselves and decide what kind of, what are their goals and objectives, whether it's in personal life or whether it's in their professional life. And they need to decide what kind of person am I, you know, and, and where do I want to go and what am I prepared to do to get there? Do you want to be the person that rolls into the office at 10 after nine in the morning? And you're just doing your job, or do you want to wake up at four thirty, start getting things done, start making yourself healthier physically and mentally, start spending some quality time with with your family, which is really important, and start your day, you know, at a, at an earlier time than normal, so you have more time to be successful, so you can put in harder work. That's uh, probably in the essence of what I wrote about hard work. But you know, a lot of phrases are thrown around and like hard work, but people really need to take a step back and say, well, what does that mean? Am I going to put in that extra time to make sure all the bullets are lined up? Am I going to put in the extra time to triple check, to make sure, you know, all of my thoughts are in a sequential order when I put in a brief to my boss? Um, It's really about the marginal details too, you know, and those details that you put into work, you know, can create the hard work rather than just the work. So, you know, that's a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, and to frame this, what you mentioned in your blog, a competitive swimmer since the age of six, Lee Zolman quickly learned the value of hard work, dedication, and paying attention to the marginal details will lead to incredible success. And I love the marginal details because I'm someone who is very attention-to-detail oriented. And I really think the origin of this is when I first started baking sports six and a half years ago, Uh, We started as a sports blog, so we were on the publishing model. So I became the de facto editor-in-chief, and as well as the guy who oversaw the website design, everything. So meticulously, especially we did four different site redesigns. I looked over every square inch of that website, and then when I'm reading someone's article to say, all right, is this good, is this not, what do we need? I'm meticulously looking at every single thing there Because the attention is in the details and I've always believed everything that you do is a reflection of your brand, whether it's your personal brand or the company that you're going to work with. So these marginal details, while they may not seem big in the grand scheme of things, if you multiply that over the course of one year, 10 years, your career, let's say you just don't do one thing that's a marginal detail once a day. That's 365 times. Now you compound that over the course of 10 years. And how you do one thing is how you do everything.
1: I agree 100%. And I'll give you two examples of that in professional and and personal life. So uh, for many years, for almost 16 years, full-time, I ran my own endurance sports coaching company called Zen. And I always spelled body zen, I put it together as one word, B-O-D-Y-Z-E-N, capital B, capital Z. And any time, and this happened multiple times per week in emails, in uh, some sort of communication with artists or athletes or people, and they would spell it incorrectly without the way that I put it, I would correct that every time. I never let it slip once. That's a marginal detail. That was my brand. I came up with that name. I trademarked that name in 1997. I have the domain on that name. I sure as heck wasn't going to let that slip. Um, so that's a marginal detail in the business world. In the, in the personal world, I would say, you know, I worked in, in human sports performance, right. For so many years and, and compete as a triathlete myself for 18 straight years also race, cycling, and marathons, and all of that nonsense, and to give you one personal example of marginal details, when it came down to weight loss, so endurance sports is really about, you know, how fast you can go, and, you know, moving less weight through space and time goes, it makes you go faster, so losing weight is, is a big deal, and when either my athletes or myself at times want to lose weight, we always looked at the marginal details, how much cream are you putting in your coffee? How much sugar are you putting in your coffee? How much salad dressing are you using? Because if we can shave three, 400 calories a day, which is really easy for most people, we can extrapolate and see where their weight loss is going to be. So that's what I mean by marginal details. But I must say, like I, I really didn't put all of these thoughts together that they were marginal details a- until – A few uh, more than a few years ago, Team Sky, which is one of the 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 top cycling teams in the world, they've won the Tour de France, I think, now four or five times, and they they made that phrase marginal details, and that's why I I kind of thought of marginal details. Yeah, that's a that's a that's that really is exactly what I've always thought about.
0: This very much reminds me of a book that I just finished reading about the Japanese philosophy Kaizen, and it is about small yet continuous improvement. And this will sort of launch into the next thing that we're going to talk about, but it's a very simple thing. So it's like, all right, Lee, you know what? I like what you just said about hard work. You mentioned you got to get more time to be successful. So I got to wake up earlier. But you know what, Lee, I'm just not a morning person. I can't wake up earlier. How in the world do I do it? And I can actually tell you this from my own experience on how I did it, because I was someone for a large portion of my career that I got up at, I don't know, 7.30 or Mm -hmm. eight o'clock or whatever. And then I decided, you know what, I audited the success habits of the most successful CEOs and people in the world. And you kept hearing, they're up early, they're up early. And you hear them at like 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning. You're like, how in the world do they do this when I'm getting up at 7.30? So the way that I did this is I life-hacked myself by shaving off three to seven minutes per week of waking up. So let's say I was waking up at 7.30. For the next week, I'm going to wake up at 7.27 a.m. Guess what I don't notice? Love that. Missing three minutes. So all of a sudden, after I did that for a week, I was like, whoa. I was like, all right, let's make this – Seven minutes. So now I'm up at 720. And then I did that for the next week. And I was like, you know what, I really didn't notice that extra seven minutes. And over the course of probable, it's actually now been six and a half years since I've done this. I've gone from 730 to 459am, no joke, between one and seven minutes at a time for six and a half years. Outstanding!
1: Yeah, you chunked it. That's what I call chunking it. You know, and and you can do this in business. You can do this in sports. You can take small chunks, and it's much easier to absorb those chunks, accept those chunks, rather than think about it all at one time. And 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 you can use that in a in a variety of different areas in in your life. But
0: um, yeah, that's awesome. Super happy. So you're almost close to four thirty. Well, so the thing is, all of this that I've done has been on my own dedication, which is the next thing that we're going to talk about. The reason I did this is because I was investing in myself. I wanted to be better. And I knew for myself in order to be better that I needed more time. And I started to stack more habits in the mornings that reading, meditating, working out, all of these things that when I audited, everyone was doing but I had to be dedicated in order to make this happen. And really, it was a mind game with myself. So it's like, well, why in the world 4.59? Because there's a mental edge to waking up in the fours as opposed to waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. So for the longest time, I would wake up at 5.29 in the morning. Why? Because that's closer to the fours than it is the (laughs) sixes, right? You're like, well, what does that matter? But you're just looking for an edge, just like you said, 300 calories on salad dressing. I'm looking for a small mental edge that says Rob's been waking up at 4:59 a.m. for months in a row, and guess what? Boom, boom! My mindset, my mindset, and I see that clock. It says 4:59. That four is a number that is never comfortable. I don't care how many times in a row I wake up at 4:59 a.m. I'm never like I'm never Michael Jackson moonwalking out of bed, being like, "Woo!" No,
1: no but do.
0: I'll tell you. But 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 I'll I'll bet you that not only are you getting more
1: done in your day and are you accomplishing more, look how proud you are of yourself. Look at this um, self appreciation that you have right now for, for what you've accomplished. So it's it's got like you know a number of different positive um, impacts on your life because not only is your is your life enhanced because you've, you're now doing this and you have more time in the morning, but you're so proud of yourself that you've been doing this and that you know what? Your competition isn't.
0: And, that, and that's 100%. Because I know the hard work that's been put in, but it's also the dedication side of things. 100%. So let's talk about this a little bit more. And certainly with you competing in Ironman triathlons and training and then doing the race and – there's a level of commitment and there's a quote that once I heard it, it resonated so much with me. Are you interested or are you committed? Because Mm -hmm. when you're committed, you make things happen. But so many people say, you know what, Lee, I'm going to run a race. or I'm going to wake up earlier. And they like the idea of it. It sounds cool on the surface, but the people who are truly committed and truly dedicated, they're willing to deal with the discomfort in the name of dedication in hard work and marginal details because they're looking for an edge and they know all of this has to be internal driven and that's the hardest part about dedication. 100%. that if you're going to dedicate yourself to something, there's only one person you're accountable to and that's yourself. 100%. I yeah, I mean and you know dedication is
1: right now for me something that is at the forefront of my head because as I said, a lot of these topics that you and I are going to talk about, and that you have brought up, I have not had this massive awareness of until the last few years. And, And I can tell you a little bit why later on. But, you know, if you would have said 15 years ago, when I was doing 12 triathlons a year, five bike races, you know, numerous half marathons, I was training, you know, 20 hours a week constantly without a break. If you were saying, well, you know, you're really dedicated, I would have been like, nah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think see dedication. I just like doing this. I was very much into this. I it was just, yeah, I guess you could call it dedicated, but I would never have had the awareness to think I'm a dedicated person. I was a dedicated athlete. But when I think back and I think back, yeah, I am dedicated. When I'm in something, I'm dedicated to it. Like my marriage, like I am—that is a number one. You know, my, my fatherhood and my marriage—I'm a number one. I am so dedicated to that. I am so dedicated to being a great dad. I'm always looking for ways of improving and being the best dad I can. I'm Vice President Sport Business Group Americas. I am completely dedicated to this company, and because I'm dedicated, the company is seeing success. So. Dedication is something that I think about on a daily basis and, and I think I'm probably more dedicated than most when I'm involved in something, whatever I'm involved in. So, you know, I've got hobbies now. I don't compete anymore in endurance sports. I I exercise frequently, but you know, I'm dedicated to some other hobbies and I'm in it. I'm not just messing around. I'm hundred percent in it. So I guess, you know, maybe it's something I was born with, but you know, if I were to look back, you know, when I was in involved in broadcasting straight out of out of college, like I was in broadcasting. I had an agent in Miami. I had an agent in Beverly Hills. I had my reels going. I knew exactly what I was going to do. And, and, and I never had that awareness until now that, yeah, I was dedicated. When I wanted to be a triathlon coach, I wasn't happy just being another triathlon coach. I went and did as much as I could, as much study as I could, as much get as much experience as I could. And I ended up being one of the very few elite level three certified coaches in the world. And that's that took a lot of dedication. So I guess that that, that subject matter really hits home for me when, when you bring it up.
0: What about for people who have not reached the self-awareness? And for me, I look back and the one of the major turning points in my life was six and a half years ago. When I quit my digital advertising sales job to go all in it, living my dreams, and I started baking sports, and now I went from multiple six figures to zero dollars. No boss. Everything is on me. I literally wake up the next day and I'm like, "Oh crap!" Like now I have to figure all of this out. And through that, I adopted this mindset, a growth mindset of learning and awareness and dedication. And it's something that I wish. I could give to everybody else because yeah, when you re- when sure. you realize how uh, when you realize the accountability side of things, I'm so accountable to everything that I do in my life. So, mm-hmm. so many people believe that there's exterior forces that are going c- to control their own success without realizing. You know what? Everything that you need to be successful is inside of you, and if you don't know something, you need to learn it, and yeah. it's a constant growth thing. And, And on the dedication side of things, I went through probably 10 years of my career not loving what I did. You can be successful at something, but was I dedicated to being the absolute best at it? The answer was no, because I didn't enjoy slinging banner ads and text links every single morning, even though I was very successful at it. So for someone who says, all right, I'm not the most dedicated person at what I do or my life, or I haven't even... Reached the self-awareness or even know what that is. Can you shed a little bit of light into sort of what it was like for you from before to, Oh my God, I saw the light and now I'm accountable to everything in my life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I went through, um, I would say I went through a, you know, major life change in 2010 Um, You know, I was, you know, I was a father of, uh, at that point, she was about three, three and a half years old. Uh, I was going through a divorce. I was also, you know, separating from my business partner at at the time. And now it was all on me. And I was also having at the same time, I was having this success in sports marketing. So I had been coaching full time triathletes, I'd been putting on training camps, I had been doing a lot of projects within endurance sports, but I was also uh, acquiring sponsorship for athletes and events. And I was seeing success in that. And I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, like I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying this sports marketing sponsorship space and I'm enjoying coaching, but there's also a lot more money in this business world. And I hadn't been in the business world. I'd been more in this world of enhancing athlete performance. And that's kind of all that I was known for at at the time. Um, Some people would say, yes, but you know, you built your your company, you must've been good at marketing because you built your company to be one of the, the biggest, you know, privately held coaching companies in the country. And so I guess I knew something about marketing. And at that time, at that life transition, I was realizing, wow, this is all on me. You know, I'm not married anymore. If I'm going to be successful at this, it's got to come from me. And I sought out and asked questions. And a lot of people don't ask questions. And I sought out, one of the best things I ever did was I sought out a business advisor. And he took me on for free. He took me on for free. I didn't have any money to pay him. And he helped me plan out my business life at that time. And after about a year, I scored some major sponsorships and I had some extra money. And I took him out to lunch one day and I handed him a check. And I said, this is for you, you know, from me for all the help that you've given me. And it was a sizable check to him. And I did that to give back to him, to show him I was, I was, I really appreciated him. And it was one of the best decisions was to seek out people who are better than me so they could help me. And at that point is when I realized this is going to take a lot of hard work. I'm ready to do it. That's when I started working in the business world and, and adopting more of the discipline that I needed and, the deter- and, and, and as you said, you know, the dedication and I was disciplined in my training. So I really just took, I guess it was inside of me. It wasn't necessarily a, a super conscious thing, but all the discipline that it took to train for all those years and, and everything that I put into, it, you know, weighing my food and, you know, measuring my beet juice in the morning, I put into, into the business world at that point
0: one thing that you said that i believe is so important and this has been hammered home into my head a bajillion times and it's creating a detailed plan and following through will always lead to success and as someone who's a creator and who does social media marketing and who talks about strategy and planning and even right now Mm -hmm. i'm going through a uh, mindset development program called 75 hard where every day I have to drink a gallon of water. I've got to read 10 pages of an entrepreneurial book. I've got to follow a diet with no alcohol and I have to work out twice a day, 45 minutes inside, 45 minutes outside with zero compromise. You eat one M&M, you go back to zero. (laughs) And for this, I'm like, all right, I got to do this for 75 days. In order for me to be successful, I need a detailed plan to try and help set myself up for success. And I don't care if it's this or if it's social media strategy where you say, all right, social media, are we just throwing stuff against the wall? Or do we know why we're posting what we're posting? So talk about the importance of having a detailed plan, because I know from my own experience, it is so crucial. It is. It is. I mean, when I was racing, I would write
1: out a plan of everything that was going to happen from the moment I woke up, everything that I was doing, you know, 415 wake up, 420 coffee, 425 oatmeal, whatever it was. And I would have this and I'd put it on, you know, like the bathroom or the kitchen wall. And then I I would follow that through, you know, and it was through the race, you know. Uh, first half of the bike, I'm going to be at this wattage. Second half of the bike, I'll be at at the next wattage. First two miles of the run, this pace, and and I would follow that plan through. Um, so to me, having and writing it out, not typing it, but writing it out was really important. And you know, I've I right now, if you take that into the business world, as you know, coming from the agency world, coming from digital marketing, you you have to have a plan, especially in this day and age. It has to be a plan. It has to be measurable. I mean, my wife you know, is, uh, she's a really intelligent woman and, uh, and she probably won't hear this, so that's okay. But she's, um, she's really intelligent, beautiful, um, successful person. She works for a large, let's just say fitness corporation and they are extremely, you know, plan oriented and, and, and it's, you know, it's no wonder this company has done what they've done in the short period of time, because, they have these plans in place now. Plans should also be a little bit flexible. You should also have, you know, a backup plan in case something doesn't go well. You should also have a backup plan. But you know, I look at what her company does in planning. I also look at what my company does, not my company, but the company I work for, a sport business. And it's really interesting because um, they're a British-based company, uh, so they're they're based out of Great Britain. And the way that they do their planning versus what I've experienced in the U.S., you know, I've worked for very large agencies here. I've worked for very large, you know, sports teams here. Um, the planning is quite different, and it's nice to bring those in together. And, and and you know, my wife. It's funny, you know, I've been in the business world a lot longer than my wife has, but she's really seen a lot of success where she where she's ha- where she's been, and and she's she's quite a bit younger than I am. And it's interesting, our talks, because she can bring so much to the table through what she's done. And, and our talks about what, what is the plan, um, to me, is, is you know, really
0: helpful. It's grounding. Does that, help? does, that, does that make sense? Yes, very much so. So, Lee, this is a lot. Everything that we've just talked about, hard work, dedication, paying attention to marginal details, mm-hmm. creating a detailed plan, having self-awareness. That is a lot. And if you, if you think about what you just said, you're talking about measuring your beat juice down to wake up at 4.15, do this at 4.20. And for someone who's listening right now, and, and I've been on the receiving end of this so many different times, this is an example of what it takes to succeed right now in business and or this is the level of excellence that others have to make sure that they are performing at the top. So for someone who's like, I I love everything that you're doing right now. How do I even take the first step on all of this? Because I find that you get all this information it can become information overload and you don't know what to do yet. So what's your recommendation for someone who says, I buy into what Robin Lee are talking about right now, but what can I do right now after this podcast to make sure I'm taking the first step forward towards success? Yeah, great. I've got two things, and I
1: think one of them. I wanted to ask you this. I don't know if you know if we have time, or I'll ask you all yeah, there. But but two two things. Number one, the easy one is just make a small commitment to yourself, whether that is like you did, you know, wake up an extra five minutes early, or spend an extra two minutes on that next big project, triple checking it. You know, some some small things so you can build on the small blocks so you can see success. That's number one. And number two, I meant to ask you as well. Um, You know, I I am now at, I've got a couple of phrases in my head that drive me every day. And that is number one, I'm not trying for excellence. I'm not trying for success. I'm trying for hyper success. I want to be hyper successful. And that's in my head every day. Um, The next is, and I don't know if you're going to pick up on this, is I'm default optimistic and I'm default assertive. Do you know
0: where that comes from? Uh, I don't know where that comes from specifically. I mean, I've got some ideas of, I know one of my favorites is Jocko Wilnick. There, a you, go. Extreme there ownership. you go. Did I guess it correctly? Almost, yeah. So,
1: so, yeah, so you had, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but you had, you know, on your website, you know, discipline equals freedom, right? You had right. that, you had their banner up. So the second part of that, of you asked me what I could tell people is read extreme ownership. And then if you're a leader, if you're leading people, read the dichotomy of leadership. I'm not, listen, I don't know these guys. I've never met these guys. I just love their books. And a couple of the things rang true in my head is that I am, you know, they are default aggressive. I'm not, let's say, in my world, I'm not default aggressive. I'm default optimistic. I'm default assertive. Um, And then, you know, you talked about, you know. Uh, you know, what would you tell people to help them take that first step? It's one would be to make a small goal, and the second I, I would say is is read extreme ownership, and and understand what it means to own your weaknesses and 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 own your mistakes. Um, so I, I believe that those are two things I could impart
0: on people. And I absolutely second reading extreme ownership. I've been listening to Jocko's podcast a lot more now in the morning. So when I've got to do my hour and a half worth of workout, it's like, all right, what's the mental chatter in my head? And I know certainly from you doing endurance sports, what is the mental chatter in your head? What are you telling yourself when you need to dig deep? And it's tough. And for me, even when I wake up in the morning and, and I don't want to wake up, in the back of my head, I hear Jocko. He goes, discipline yeah. equals freedom. And I go, crap, I got to get up because to get some right time to get some. And I highly recommend checking out Jocko Woonick and his books and his podcasts. And once again, reverse audit or reverse engineering the success of the most important people. Well, discipline is probably the number one skill that you could acquire because if you can have extreme discipline, then guess what? You can do anything that you set your mind to.
1: Yeah. I, I firmly believe in that. I mean, I've, Definitely. I mean, it takes discipline to do, you know, to do triathlons as a whole, let alone Ironmans, plural. It it takes discipline just to do a triathlon. It takes discipline just to do a marathon. Um, And it takes discipline to be successful. I mean, those are, you know, Jocko, his podcast, I've not, I've listened to maybe two of them. I really enjoyed his book. It it definitely spoke to me, but um, I, I guess I had some of that. In me and and, you know he helped maybe just to uh, those books and and helped me to polish the polish it in my head into kind of maybe what I was about Um, you know and and I guess you know for me it's I was maybe wired this way but you know I'm definitely not one to that's complacent I'm not one for mediocrity at all like I hate that word mediocrity I I hate so-so I, I, you know, how are you doing? I'm not doing okay. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I hope you're doing great. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, a little bit in, into uh, my, my approach to life.
0: And that's a very simple action item that someone can take. And you are, you and I are exactly the same way. You're default optimistic 100% for me, I am the most positive person that you're going to find in the world. Why, Why not? Because it's better than the <laughs> alternative. If you're going to think you might as well think positive, right? and thinking negative isn't getting me any closer to my goals so because of this you can also set the tone every single time you talk to someone so when it's like hey what's up Lee how you doing and I'm like hey Rob how are you I'm like I'm doing amazing today and just that simple thing because guess what guess who doesn't say that a large majority of people in the world and we've all had those calls when you're like hey man how you doing you're like oh man, it's raining outside. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm yeah. like, what a freaking loser. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, I,
1: someone did say that once, that is the quote, if you're going to think, you might as well think optimistically, right? Because you're, just like you said, you know, what's the alternative is you're going to think negatively. And, and another, another one that I love is that Uh, uh, something that drives me every day, whether it's in sport or or in business life is a negative and a negative will never equal a positive. If someone approaches you and their energy is negative and your energy is negative back, it'll never equal a positive. But if their energy is negative and you respond with something positive, at least you have some chance of it turning around being positive. I was almost hit on my car a few years ago. I was almost hit on my bike by a car a few years ago. Guy was yelling and screaming through his window at me. And I was very close to him, within three or four feet. I'm on my bike, stopped. He's in his car yelling at me. And a lot of cyclists will just yell back. And I just, stopped, I just stood there and I just waved. I said, how you doing? I just waved to him through his window and he rolled down the window, he looked at me and he said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm just having a really bad day. I, I'm sorry I yelled at you and almost hit you. So had I yelled at him back, or started punching him or whatever. It never would have been a positive outcome. But my day was better because hey, this guy apologized. You know, maybe I enlightened his day somehow, and I gave him a positive in a negative situation, and I got a positive back. So a negative and a negative will never equal positive. And trust me, early in my triathlon career, yes, I threw bottles at cars, I banged on cars, and it never turned out to be positive ever. So you know, I hope you know. People can, especially in Miami, where I live, we're very, we're very, uh, what we like like to call uh, agro, you know, community. I think people need to take a breath and try to approach their, their other, their, their fellow human
0: being with a little more positivity. And on that note, we're going to get out. So Lee, where can everybody connect with you? Sure. Um,
1: the best place is probably uh, Twitter at Lee Zolman. That's L-E-E-Z, uh, L-E-E-Z-O-H-L-M-A-N. Uh, my Instagram is the same. And then my website is Zolman.com, Z-O-H-L-M-A-N.com. And uh, Rob, thank you for this opportunity. I, I think it's going to be the start of, of, uh, of a long relationship, I hope, between us. And, and keep
0: waking up early, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. Did this cause you to think or take action? What is your default? If you're going to say one word, what is your default? You can hit me up on Instagram at rob underscore cressy, on Twitter at rob cressy, or on LinkedIn. I'll share anything good that gets sent in.
1: That's it. And that's
0: all. As always. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the sports marketing huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth. And if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.